I am so excited to be with you this morning, and um, I, I really prayed about what God wanted me to share with you as we embark on 2017, and uh, I got to tell you, I love this church. Um, I love this city of refuge. I love this lighthouse right here um, in the middle of Valley Stream, in the middle of Long Island. I believe that God has your best days ahead of you. I believe that Bethlehem has not even scratched the outer fringes of that which God has for you, that no eye has seen or ear has heard or mind has brought into comprehension that which God has prepared in advance for you. God's got new lands and new buildings and new territory for this church because God's going to honor your generosity. God's going to honor the integrity of your leadership. God's going to honor the prayers of the saints that have gone up from here and echo throughout the corridors of all of heaven. And I am so excited to stand here on January 1st, 2017 and let you know your best is yet to come. If you believe that, put your hands together and bless your God right there. No, you want to do better than that. Man, like lift up your hands. Lift up your hands to your God. Open up your mouth and begin to bless your God. Begin to praise him out loud. You don't need a song leader. You don't need a psalmist. You need to open up your mouth and give him praise. Hallelujah. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Hallelujah. To Pastor Steve and the pastors here, I, I really, really love, really, really love this house. And I'm so thankful to be here with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to open up with me to 1 Samuel the first chapter. And I'm going to read to you my text this morning and then we'll pray together. First Samuel, first chapter, beginning with the ninth verse. To those of you that are watching online, greetings to all of you that are downstairs in the overflow. Love you. Aren't you glad that God's not limited by a building? Aren't you glad that God can touch you wherever you are? If you're watching in a living room, God, Holy Spirit can show up right there. God can show up in an overflow. God can show up wherever you are. Isn't that awesome? Verse 9, 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 9. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Turn to your neighbor and say, stood up. Turn to your other neglected neighbor and say, stood up. Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. And in bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth and Hannah was praying in her heart, but her lips were moving, but she was, her voice was not heard. And Eli thought she was drunk and so she sa he said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk, get rid of your wine? And she said, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying for uh, I've been praying out of my great anguish and grief. 
And Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the Lord, the God of Israel, grant you what you have asked of him. And she said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then they went back to their home at Ramah. And Elkanah lay with her, his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. And so in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. Bow your heads at me. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that with the rising of the sun, we were reminded that there is fresh mercy for today. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. For some of us, we didn't even think we'd get through 2016. So the fact that we're sitting here in your house on 2017 is a miracle in and of itself, God. When I look back over the course of my life, I'd be able to say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I don't know if I would have made it, but I'm, I'm here today and I'm breathing. And because I'm breathing, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I will lift up my voice. I will lift up my hands. I will praise you, God, for you are worthy of my praise. You are worthy of every hand that's raised, every song that's sung, every word that's uttered. Hide your servant now behind the cross. Speak to us clearly, Lord, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Would you say amen? amen. Here's the portion of Scripture that we're looking at. We have Abraham, we have Isaac, we have Jacob. God takes his people through a series of years in Egypt, raises up a deliverer named Moses. Moses takes his people out of Egypt, begets Joshua. Joshua then leads the people into the promised land. They've got new land to conquer. But because Joshua's got no successor, we get the book of Judges. Judges is the most difficult time in the people of God's history in the Old Testament. It's a constant time of, of being rescued and then backsliding and back and forth going. And all of a sudden, God gets to this moment where he's had enough. And he's going to raise up the last judge and a prophet named Samuel. And so we have a woman. Her name is Hannah. If we don't have Hannah, we don't have Samuel. But if we don't have Elkanah, we don't have Hannah. Because often, and we'll talk about it in a moment, yes, God uses a woman to pray and she births Samuel. But there's a man in the story that is often missed. Elkanah is a man who has two wives. That's his first problem. I, I just, I'm just saying, I, I'm married 17 years. My wife is Puerto Rican, praise Jesus. It, it starts there, Pastor. I'm just saying. He's got two wives. You can just quickly move over that as fast as you want. But praise the Lord, one wife is enough. Man who finds a wife, a wife, singular. It's a good thing. Blessing from the Lord. Love my wife. Two wives. Mm. One was Hannah, the other Penina, and Penina had children and Hannah had none. And year after year, this man named Elkanah went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. Let me just say this to you. 2017 is a year where men are going to stand up and lead their home in worship. 
We are not going to lead our home by demanding. We're going to lead our home by prayer. We're going to lead our home on our knees. We're going to lead our home by worship. Worship has turned into something that is looked at as effeminate. But let me tell you something. There is no more masculine thing than for a man of God to stand up with integrity, lift up his hands, and say, I will lead my home. Where are the men of God who are going to say, I'm going to leave my house. I'm going to be the priest over my home. I'm going to wash my wife with the water of the word. I'm going to be a man that's going to live to honor the living God. Elkin is a man who was faithful. There's a place where we understand that as a man of God, I'm not here to replicate the sins of the past. I'm here to honor the living God and be faithful. You see, there is no Samuel if there is no Hannah, but there is no Hannah if there is no Elkanah. A man who's willing to honor the Lord and who's going to live for God and who's going to honor the Lord and, and bring his family before the Lord to worship. And the Bible says he's got two problems. He's got two wives and one of them's barren and one of them's not. And the woman that's got kids is making fun of the woman that's got doesn't have no kids. And the Bible's specific though. She doesn't have no kids by happenstance. She has no kids because the Lord closed up her womb. I often find that one closed door is because God wants to open up something else. I found oftentimes that barrenness is the tunnel through fruitfulness. I oftentimes find that barrenness will either turn you bitter or fruitful. And the choice is your disposition. You see, if in the process of going through your season of barrenness. I don't know what 2016 was like, but you might have been through some hardship. Here's what I want you to know. You have a choice. You can either become bitter or better. You can either say, I'm going to take from the past. That was great, but God's got new doors for me to open in 2017. God's got a new fruitfulness in 2017. God's got new blessing for me in 2017. I'm not going to remain barren any longer, and I'm certainly not going to turn bitter. I'm going to look toward my God who is faithful and true. You see, there's a place where the enemy wants to get you to give up before your breakthrough. He wants to get you to throw in the towel before you cross over the precipice into your promised land, into the areas that God's got for you. But I'm not. I've been through too much. My back's been up against the wall. I've seen it where I'm just on the precipice. And I know the reason why the enemy is trying so hard is he knows his days are numbered. There's fruitfulness coming. There's blessing coming. And there was a day for Hannah. There was a day for Hannah where she had sat at the table of comfort long enough. She had sat there taking it long enough. I don't know what you've been taking for the last year. or Maybe it's even been longer than a year. But there is a moment and a time when you get something inside of you. You get a word from the Lord that stiffens up your backbone. And you just say, enough is enough. You can't have my marriage no more. You can't have my children no more. You, you've had my finances way too long, but you're not going to keep my finances. There's a moment where you just say, enough is enough. Turn to your neighbor. Say, enough is enough. No, turn to your other neighbor. Let them know, enough is enough. Isn't that There's a moment. You just put it right there. 
There's a moment where Hannah's been sitting at the table. She'd been sitting there long enough. She had been hearing Penina talk her mouth off. You've been hearing people tell you for too long. You just need to wallow in it. You just need to accept it. Your marriage is over. Your children will not serve the Lord. Your finances, your body is what it is. You've been hearing the voice, the accuser of the brethren long enough, and you've been sitting at the, the table of comfort. She had been sitting there so long. They tell us that when you're sitting like this, that you're, your muscles are constricted. You constrict the blood flow to the rest of your body by, by sitting like this. I, I wonder how many of us, the blood flow, the, our legs have been sitting like this so long, they've actually become atrophied where, where we no longer have the strength to stand up on our own. And we've just taken it and become comfortable in the midst of our situation. We've just been comfortable accepting that our marriage is always going to be that way. Our children are always going to be that way. Our finances are always going to be that way. Our, our health is always going to be that way. And there's a moment where the word of the Lord comes to you and you just step up from the table and say enough is enough I, I can't settle for that any longer you might have had me in 2016 but devil you can't have it any longer oh, I wish there were some saints in Bethlehem assembly of God on Sunday morning January 1st 2017 that are willing to tell the devil enough is enough Oh, this woman had had enough. She had been barren long enough. She had sat there taking it long enough. She wasn't going to sit there any longer. Not, not in my house. I remember as a kid, I don't know how many of you all had this experience, but when I was a kid, we had a rule in our house. We had a couple of rules. We had a rule, we didn't use the front door. I don't know about y'all. Any of y'all had that rule, we never used the front door? Front door was only for company. <laughs> so was the living room for that matter. You never sat in the living room. And, and can I get a witness? I had an aunt. This has nothing to do with my sermon, Pastor, I'm sorry. I had an aunt. She had plastic. the plastic. She had a double layer of plastic on the couch and literally from nobody ever sitting on it it dry rotted and crumbled one day just because of lack of use you could look at the living room but I don't know why everybody every, anybody ever called it a living room because nobody ever lived there <laughs> we, we had another rule in my house you walked in the back door and the minute you walked in, there was a mat that said, welcome. What it really should have said is, you better take off your shoes before you cross this threshold. Otherwise, you're dead meat. But I don't think they made welcome mats like that. So one day, I come home, and I've got like three of my friends with me. And we had just come from one of my friend's house who was allowed to wear shoes in the house. 
So we got in the back door. I don't see my mom around. We're going straight to the basement, which is right adjacent to the kitchen. We're not going to walk through the rest of the house. So we walk through the back door, and there's a line of shoes because everybody knows you leave their shoes there. But I turn to my friend and go, shh, don't worry. It's okay. Just leave your shoes on. We're going to go straight to the basement. They said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it, come on. I, I don't want to be like that guy, right? I didn't want to be the one who had to have everybody. Come on, let's just go. I cross, I cross the mat, like one step over the mat. I don't know if there were motion detectors. <laughs> I, I felt like, you remember Mission Impossible with the heat sensors and stuff on the floor? I, I don't know what it was, but the minute I crossed, my mom showed up. <laughs> Where did you come from? She was like, excuse me. You guys should take off your shoes. And then I began the foolish decision to have an argument with my mom and explain to her that we had just come from my friend's house and in his house. In his house, we didn't have to take off our shoes. So I didn't understand why in this house, we had to take off our shoes. So my mom just looked at me and gave me these famous words. In your friend's house, you can do whatever you want. But in... But in... No. But in... But in my house, we take off our shoes. You can do whatever you want to do in somebody else's house. Down the block, around the corner, that's on you. But in my house, you take off your shoes. Otherwise, you are liable to get smacked up inside your head with a slipper. We didn't have time out back then. It wasn't like, oh, go to your room with 14 electronics and go sit there and think about it. No. I saw slippers come at my head. I don't know about y'all, but I... Listen, I've seen a slipper turn a corner. I mean, I, I've literally, I've seen, I've seen something thrown aerodynamically. I have no idea how to explain this, but it somehow turned the corner. Bam, still got me. You know, as serious as we are about the rules of our house, is as serious as we ought to be about the devil not coming up inside our homes and our marriages 
and our children's. And we need to make sure there's a line in the sand that lets them know. You could go do that around the block. You could go do that at some other house. You can go do that in some other neighborhood, but not in my house, not in my home, not in my marriage, not with my children, not with my finances, not with my health. There's a line in the sand that says, not in my house. Somebody ought to say that out loud. Not in my house. Say it again. Say, not in my house. Not in my house. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Not in my house. You could have had what you had in 2016, but not in 2017. There's a line. I've been sitting down long enough. I've been sitting there just taking it, accepting that you could do whatever you wanted to do and run all over my home and run all over my marriage. But enough is enough. There was a day when Hannah stood up. And she got desperate. She began to call upon the Lord. I love it. The priest didn't understand because when you're desperate for God, desperate times will require desperate praying. Oftentimes you'll be misunderstood. Her lips were moving, but there were no words because our God understands silent prayers. I love the fact that our God bottles up our tears and he can read them and understand them. That even when I can't articulate what I'm feeling, God understands and knows what I'm going through. The Bible says there's, there's a, a language that even when I can't understand the words, there's something that comes out from inside of me. And like deep groans that cannot be uttered. Something just on the inside. I can't explain it. But God, I need you. I'm not carrying this into 2017 with me. That thing's coming to an end. That thing's going to be done. You've got new things for me in 2017. You've got new life for me in 2017. I remember when I was a 19-year-old freshman in college, pastor's kid, grown up in church, ran away from the things of God, went off to school. My mom, she knew I wasn't living right. She began to pray and fast for her son. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be looking for God, to, for God to come looking for you. She began to call upon the Lord for her son. She prayed and fasted for me for 11 months. At every turn, every time she heard from her son, it seemed like it got worse. Things would show up. Things would happen. And she could only see the negative things but because she was praying and fasting, that's the thing about praying and fasting. It, it clarifies your sight somehow so that you don't just see the natural. You see what God is doing in the midst of it. She began to pray and fast for her son. Some things only come out by prayer and fasting. I remember she told me about this day. There was a group of women that used to pray on Friday nights. They used to start around 10 p.m. and they used to pray to the wee hours of the morning and she, she, she brought in an oak tag one day and she brought in on this oak tag, she, she drew a bullseye with multiple concentric circles in the middle of it and right in the middle of that bullseye, she wrote her son's name and she said, this is what I'm after. I'm tired of calling it a phase. I'm tired of excusing my son's behavior. I am going to believe God to grab a hold of my son Devil, you can't have him any longer. Enough is enough. Not in my house. I remember she told me about multiple other kids 
children of other pastors and deacons that she had written their names down on the bullseye too and parents that came in and said, why'd you put my kid's name there? Take my kid's name off. They were embarrassed, not my mother. She didn't care who knew. She had reached the point where she wasn't going to be satisfied with appearances. She knew God needed to come and do a miracle. You know, for some of us, We've been living with that situation so long. We're just acceptable. We're just okay with the fact that people might just think everything's okay. When you're desperate, you don't care who knows about it. You get to the point where you say enough is enough is enough. And you could care less. You got mascara running down your face, makeup dripping, sweat moving, shouting. And your people ask you why, what's going on? Because I'm believing God for a miracle. I remember after 11 months, I was sitting in a prayer meeting. Very similar to the prayer meeting you're going to have this Wednesday night. We had been praying and fasting. The church had. I walked into the service, seven, eight rows in the back on the right-hand side. Don't remember what my dad preached that night. I remember, though, that when I went home that night, I asked my mom, how come dad didn't have an altar call tonight? I would have given my life to God. And she said to me, she said, you don't need an altar call to give your life to Jesus. She went upstairs to her room, and she began to pray. I went downstairs to the basement where I was staying, and that next morning I came up a different man. Two and a half pack a day smoking habit, the getting high, the sleeping around, the drinking, all the stuff. Gone and broken in a night. Let me tell you something. And the youth ministry that they were praying for so that, they, so that God would get a hold of her son was in the son she was praying for. You see, Hannah prayed for a son, but God gave her a prophet. I don't know what you're raising in your home, but let me tell you something. I'm not just raising three kids. I'm raising apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists in my home. I'm raising lawyers and businessmen that are going to be Christian, serve the living. You ought to put your hands together if you believe God for the next generation. For our young people, for our sons and daughters, will be mighty in the land. They'll be mighty in the land. Our children will be greater than we are. They will have a greater inheritance than we are. They'll be better preachers, better teachers, better leaders, more anointed, more full of God. She prayed for a son. And God gave her a prophet. The Lord remembered her. And she gave him back to the Lord. And this would be the young man that eventually would grow up to anoint Saul, eventually anoint David, See God come to pass over the household of Israel. What have you been accepting for through 2016? What have you sat there at the table of comfort, allowing the enemy to have rule and reign? And today, you've heard a word that just says, enough is enough. I'm tired of sitting here and accepting it. You can't have it any longer. You can't have my marriage. Maybe you've been convinced that your marriage always has to be that way. Maybe your marriage has been on life support 
for a while now. Maybe there's no joy. Maybe there's no, there's no happiness in your marriage. Let me tell you something. There's a new day where God can breathe new life into your marriage. It, maybe it's your children. Maybe your sons and your daughter are not serving the Lord. Maybe they're spinning out of control. There's a day when God can bring your sons and your daughters home again. Maybe there's a place in your finances where your finances have, have shipwrecked you or maybe you feel like it's, it, it, you just can't even get ahead. You don't even understand. There's no way to move. I just don't understand God. I need a breakthrough. Today's the day where you say enough is enough. I believe there are some of you here today that you have literally, you have been ruled by fear and you haven't given to God and you've held on to the tithe when you will have your breakthrough if you would honor the Lord first. And we already took the offering, so this isn't some plea for the offering. Well, maybe for some of you it's in your health. Maybe the doctor has given you a report and said this is it. And there's just, this is the way it's going to be. And you have said today enough is enough. Today is the day when I stand up and take my rightful place before God and say, God, you got to see me. I'm not carrying this barrenness into 2017. Enough is enough. Would you bow your heads with me? Maybe the brother was playing keyboards before it could come. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Maybe fears gripped your heart. Maybe you've slipped into a place of depression. You've been barren so long. Break every chain. Break every chain. Maybe you've been barren so long and been crying out to God so long that you've become so discouraged that your discouragement is led to depression, your depression has led to bitterness. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, be careful lest the root of bitterness grew up in your heart. It'll blind you to the way you really need to see God. It'll, it'll sap your faith. But this morning on January 1st, 2017, you're sitting here. You're sitting here because God's not done. He's still moving throughout the whole earth. He's still alive and well and seated on his throne in heaven. He's still the God who leans down and inclines his ear to the cries of his people when they come up before him. He's still the one who lifts up the lowly and he's close to the brokenhearted. He's still the one who can read your tears and bottles them up and understands and he knows. He's still the one this morning that knows your frustrations and your difficulty. He knows what you've been going through. He understands and he sees. You haven't escaped this sight. He's still the God says it's like Hannah you'll push away from the table you'll push away from the table where you've settled and been comfortable accepting it long enough to say God 
wanted you to hear me today. Hear my prayer, hear my cry. See me this morning, say, God, enough is enough. My son, bring him home. My daughter, bring her home. My granddaughter, my grandson. My marriage, bring him home, Lord. My, my spouse, bring her home, God. Lord, you've seen, my, you've seen my health. You've seen my body. God, today, come with healing in your wings. You are the bomb of Gilead. Come and heal my wounds. He's not just the God that we sing about that can break every chain. He's not just the God that we sing about who can do the miraculous. He is the living God. He is Alpha and Omega. He is God from beginning to the end. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He is Calvary's sacrificial lamb. He is the resurrected Christ. And he sits at the right hand of the Father this morning. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But this simple exhortation this morning is to ask you, are you ready to kick away the chair? sat long enough to stand and say God you see me this morning I'm not carrying that barrenness into 2017 I need a miracle I need to see you move I need to see you show up and do what only you can do and so I don't know what you're facing I don't know where you're watching this you might be on the main level you might be in the balcony you might be downstairs in the overflow you might be watching this online but if you know today God has spoken to you and you would say enough is enough is enough then like Hannah I want you to stand up on your feet lift up both your hands to your God open up your mouth and not be silent in this house open up your mouth and not be silent open up your mouth come on with your hands raised just open up your mouth and begin to praise him out loud begin to praise him out loud begin to praise him out loud begin to bless your God out loud begin to praise him he's the living God he's a chain breaker he's a healer this morning He's a restorer this morning. He'll bring your sons back to you. He'll bring your daughters back to you.
Would you do this all over this building? If you're not standing, would you stand up on your feet? And would you join hands with somebody? Join hands across the aisles, across. Just join hands on your right and on your left so nobody's alone. Come on, join hands in the balcony on the main floor. Reach across every aisle and hold somebody's hand. Come on, reach across every aisle. Hold somebody on their right and your left. If one could put a, to flight a thousand, two, ten thousand, what could God do with hundreds in this room? In the overflow, hold hands across the aisles. Come on, squeeze the hand of that person on your right and your left. Remind them you're not alone. The devil tried to make you think you are by yourself. You're not alone. You're not alone. Father God, we stand on our feet hand in hand declaring you are you are the living God you are the God who heals you're the God who restores you said what you've joined together let no man put asunder you're married to the backslider that they that call upon the name of the Lord they shall be saved them and their whole household so we're here to serve notice on the first day in the first service on January 1st 2017 devil you can't have our marriages you can't have our sons you can't have our daughters. You can't have our finances. You can't have our peace. You can't have our joy. You can't have our health. In this house, not in our house. Devil, there's a line in the sand. And you done crossed it for way too long. So we stand in this house. And we say, enough is enough. And we will shout unto God with the voice of victory and triumph. Would you lift up those hands joined all over this building? And can I hear you shout unto your God? Open up your mouth and give a praise. power in the name
name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, there's power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, there is power in the name. Come on, break every chain. To break every chain. 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 One more time. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, Lord, to break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, maybe you're in the balcony, maybe you're in the cafe, maybe you're on the main floor, maybe you're watching via live stream today. You say, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. You say, Pastor, why do you say that after every single service? Because you see, there comes a point in every one of our lives where there is a breakthrough, where God is about to do something in your life. For me, I was 19 years old, just like, just like our brother Durso. I was 19 years old. I was running from God. I was so backslidden. I had gone out all night that night drinking. I had been in Queens. I got up in the morning, got in my car. I was driving the 42nd Street in Parsons Boulevard, and I got hit by another car. I was being rushed to the hospital. That was my moment where I said, enough is enough. I surrender to God. No more running away from God. You see, I didn't know whether or not if I died, I'd go to heaven. I, I thought for sure I wasn't going to heaven. I didn't know God. But let me tell you, it was my moment. And today, on this day, this moment, January the 1st, 2017, God wants to apprehend your heart. God wants to give you new life. He wants to give you a peace deep on the inside. He wants to give you a purpose beyond what you think you're living for today. He wants to give you new life. I want you to bow your heads right now. You say, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I need Jesus to come into my life. I need Jesus to save me from myself. I want you to raise your hand right now. I want you to raise your hand right now. 
now all over this place I want you to raise your hand and say yes I want Jesus to be the Savior and the Lord of my life I want you to raise your hand right now say yes Lord come into my life be the Savior and Lord of my life hey I'm going to tell you right now this is your moment this is your day in the balcony you say yes I want Jesus to be my Savior in a moment I'm going to ask you to do something that is so critical in this walk with God you can raise your hand all you want you can be in your own little place where nobody's looking around but you and God but you know what Jesus said if you're ashamed of me I will be ashamed of you before my father there's something about a public confession of faith there's something about saying I will serve Jesus I am accepting Jesus I don't care what other people think I'm giving my life to Jesus in a moment I'm going to invite you to do something that will be life-changing I did it when I was 19 years old I moved out of my seat I came forward and I publicly proclaimed and confessed Jesus as Lord there is something about that you're starting your walk with God on the right foot you're not going to be in secret it's not going to be like just between me and God listen your faith is not between you and God your faith is between you God and the whole world because you're going to say today Jesus is my Savior and my Lord man it is so critically important you say I'm going to live for God from this day forward now you can't do it on your own it's impossible. You can't try more. You can't try harder. You got to just receive more and surrender more. You've got to receive eternal life, the free gift of eternal life. But when you make that move, when you make that step, Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself. Come follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me daily. That is public declaration Jesus is my Savior and my Lord and when you do that the Holy Spirit comes on the inside and he begins to do that work on the inside it's a spiritual work it's not something you can do it's something you receive it's not something you could do you just surrender more to God so I'm gonna ask you in a moment to respond to say yes I want to give my life to Christ now there are some prayer counselors that are here and they've got a gift for you a free gift for you to start you on this brand new journey of faith now listen to me God wants to do something great in this house and I believe it started this morning now I want to tell you something I didn't tell Adam to, t to whatever to preach and I love when it just comes together I was tempted. Adam actually sent me an email a couple of days ago. What's the theme? What do you want me to preach on? What, what are you thinking about? I said, preach New Year's. But you know what, Adam? And Adam changed his message right before he came up to preach. That's the truth. And here's what God has been telling me. And I'm starting a brand new series next week. It's called Lost. Lost. Some things get lost along the way. And the exact word I used is this. The devil has robbed the church of some precious things. He's robbed your life of precious things. And you've got to get to the place in your life to say, enough is enough. I want them back. I'm taking back what the devil robbed from me. And listen, Adam didn't even know it, but he started my series today. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's what God does when he wants to speak to a church. He speaks the same message. Even if he's got to he's got to change the preacher's message on the way to the platform he's going to do it because God's got a word here's the word for 2017 you're going to take back what the devil stole from you it's time for the church to say enough is enough I'm taking back what the devil has robbed and stolen from me he said he comes to rob steal and destroy but Christ has come to give you back that which belongs to you as a child of God I, I want you to pray with me amen now I want you to turn to your neighbor in a moment and I want you to ask him this very important question 
and listen, don't mess around with this, okay? Because there could be somebody right next to you. No, I hate when the preacher tells me to do this. Well, tough luck. We're a family. This is what we do in the house of God. We help everyone make it to where God wants them to be. So I want you to turn to your neighbor in a moment and say, if you died today, are you sure that you'd go to heaven? They say, I'm not sure. I want you to grab them by the hand and say, let's go forward and let's get prayed for. Let's start the new year off right. Let's go forward. Let's get the information and start our journey. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Turn to your neighbor right now and ask them. I'm, I'm watching you. Are you looking? Are you asking your neighbor? I want you to grab their hand right now. I want you to come forward right now. Get out of your seat and come forward right now and say, yes, I'm willing to give my life to Christ. Come on. I'm willing to give my life to Christ. Come on. Come on. Get out of your seat. Maybe you raised your hand. Get out of your seat. Say, I'm ready to give my life to Christ. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Quickly. 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 We've got another service. We've got another service, but it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to give your life to Christ. Listen, I want to tell you, young man, God has a call on your life. God has a call on your life, and you're just about to embark on a new journey in your life. Let God take the driver's seat. Let him drive. Let him drive. Get out of your seat right now. Say, I'm willing to give my life to Christ. I'm willing to do it God's way. You might be going to college next year. You say, what am I going to do with my life? Give it to God right now. Get out of your seat. Say, I'm giving my life to God right now. Anybody else? You need to come quickly, quickly come quickly anybody else there's power in the name of Jesus amen now I want to pray a prayer of blessing would you pray all of you right now just bow your heads we're going to pray a prayer of blessing for 2017 are you ready here you go ready I want you to pray this prayer with me Lord Jesus thank you you died on the cross for my sins the devil wanted to steal my soul but it belongs to you Forgive me of my sins. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. This day forward, I'm taking back what the devil has stolen from me. I'm walking with the King. In Jesus' name, I am blessed going in. Blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail. And I'm thankful that I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who gives me strength. In 2017, I'm going to be a water walker. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. We love you. Don't forget, God has a plan for your life, and it's big.